right, so the topic today is how to break down embellishments um, so that we can clean them up. Uh, and it can be difficult to diagnose what's wrong with them, too, as well. Um, and then, Jim, earlier you were trying to play some bad grips, and you were actually having a hard time playing really bad ones. Well, I have, to be I have fair, really I had a hard time, time playing really good ones, too. <laughs> right. Well, that, that's also true. By the way, that's really common. Like, there's nothing Somewhere really terrible about my embellishments, but they're also not very good. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are in that situation, right? Uh, however, ha teaching a lot of bagpipes allows me to play really terrible embellishments, like so. Right? I can do yeah. it really badly. That was a really, really good, easily. really bad grip. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, that's... Uh, that's interesting, right? So uh, I think really understanding the embellishment is key, okay? And really understanding where embellishments come from and how they're built is important. And then from there, we should be able to troubleshoot things with relative ease, although mm. it can be difficult, right? It can be difficult if you're listening to something being played at full tempo or full speed. It can be hard to break it down. Uh, using a recording would be my first tip, okay? Mm. So don't try to diagnose your embellishments while you're playing. Diagnose them afterwards by reviewing a recording of yourself. So that would be my first tip for everybody. Because when we're playing, we're thinking about other things. And so we shouldn't be thinking about like, hmm, where do embellishments come from? What are the components? And then uh, given, given that base of knowledge, I wonder what went wrong. You know, by then you're already on the fourth part. And, right. uh, you know, you've already played 47,000 bad grips. So, like, you're probably not going to be able to troubleshoot a whole lot in the beginning. However, I do feel like I'm at the point now in my playing where if I play a bad grip, I can usually instantly uh, identify and then correct the issue so the next one isn't so bad. Mm. Uh, but that's going to take a lot of practice. So where do embellishments come from? I think that, oh. like, like, for example, <laughs> Jim, give me, a, give me a definition of an embellishment. Um, definition of an embellishment, it uh, uh, separates melody notes in a fancy way. Right, that's... That's pretty gross. Kind of make <laughs> I feel like I need a shower after that. Uh, no, uh, I've been, I'm so, just trying to think of jokes about like where where do embellishments come from? Somehow relating to where do babies come from? But I'm not, no, I'm not coming up no, with anything. No. Come on. <laughs> well, but, uh, although although I would say that embellishments are born out of like two uh, other sort of prerequisite bagpipe fundamentals, and we could say like when that. one melody note really likes another melody note. Well, it's more like when a melody note really likes some grace notes, right? Mm. Because uh, embellishments are actually not, I think one common, one common sort of wild guess or one common assumption people make or something like that is that embellishments are groups of grace notes put together, mm -hmm. right? Like, and it kind of looks like that on a sheet of music as well. You see the little upside down grace notes and they're all linked together. So you're like, oh, embellishment, bunch of grace notes. But of course, with just a tiny bit of analysis, we realize that's not true. And as, it's not only not true, it's actually pretty far from being true. As a matter of fact, if you take all the embellishments and put them together, you would actually find that there are far more melody notes than grace notes involved in embellishments. Mm. For example, a light D throw okay, has uh, two melody notes in it and just one grace note. And then if you count the landing note, it's got three melody notes. We've got the low G. We've got a D grace note to C. So there's our one grace note, but then the grace note has to go somewhere. 
So then it goes to the note C, and then finally we resolve to the note D. So that's three melody notes to just one grace note, hmm. right? So uh, being aware of that is kind of important because then we can start to identify the steps of the movement. So let's take our grip. What is a grip? Well, a grip is another movement that's majority melody note, okay? So the first step of a grip is we're going to go to low G. Then we're going to play a D grace note on low G. And then we're going to resolve to essentially any note on the scale from there. So we have, if we're, if we're starting on E and we're going to do a grip to E, we have low G, D grace note on low G, up to E, like this. Okay, make sense? Yeah. That's a grip. And by the way, someday you'll play it faster. Right? And then someday you'll play it too fast where it kind of loses all musical, you know, all musical merit at that point, right? The, the grip has been smushed into oblivion. So, um, so there's lots of things to think about there. Let's go back to the melody notes, uh, melody notes and grace notes. Melody notes and grace notes are things that embellishments are made of. And then is it possible for things involving melody notes to go wrong? Definitely. What's the sure. usual thing that'll go wrong? Go, you know, when working with melody notes. You play Pop the wrong quiz. note? <laughs> what's that? Well, you could play the wrong note. Yeah. Uh, assuming you play the right note, what's the main thing that goes wrong in, in the mel melody note land? That's Jim, you're looking a little confused. False fingering? Uh, let's Bad just go timing. with the most... Your rhythm let's is go, off? With, let's go with a really obvious answer here. Uh, you're, you're just like, you're getting very deep into it. Let's go with like crossing noises. Okay, right. crossing noises. Right. Well, that's, so, you know, that's, that was too obvious. I was going to... Right, exactly. <laughs> I thought to myself, you're, crossing you're noises, no, couldn't possibly be that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so crossing noises, like, that's enemy number one when we're playing melody notes, generally speaking. And there's a variety of different types. We won't get into them now. But basically, inside of an embellishment, as we move fairly rapidly from melody note to melody note, if there's crossing noises in there, we're going to run into trouble. And uh, the bad grip I was playing, right, we had that... When we're going down to low G, we have that little extra low A sound crossing note, uh, mm -hmm. crossing noise that's very, very common anytime we're going to and from low G. Where my low A finger kind of rolls up or down too early or yeah. too late, causing that uh, lack of cleanliness. And you're going to hear that in grips all the time. Mm. As a matter of fact, in most score sheets, I could write that down before the person even like played the grip. Even yeah, because it's, it's that common um, yeah. with, with uh, newer players to have that crossing noise in there. But that's all it is, right? That's not, a, that's not a problem with the grip. That's a problem with just basic melody notes, right? Mm. So most problems with embellishments are actually not really problems with the embellishments. Most of the problems come from bad fundamentals, uh, bad prerequisites, okay? And then, uh, so we got melody notes, and then we got grace notes in the embellishments as well. So here we have a D grace note separating two low Gs. So is there anything that could go wrong with a grace note? You're hesitating. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hesitating. I was going to say not so much, but maybe just exactly the same things, you know, pot well, potentially a muddy crossing noises or something. There's actually two things that can go wrong with a grace note, right? I'll just, I know it's early for you. It's, so, so it that's, is very early for me. It's early. Me there's basically two... There's basically two things we need to do for a grace note to be successful. The, number, the first thing is the grace note has to be, we call it infinitely small. But of course, that's not real because if it were infinitely small, we wouldn't be able to hear it. 
But uh, that, the grace note's got to be basically extremely short in duration. Mm-hmm. So another great way you could screw up a grip is to just play that grace note too big. I'm trying to do that without also doing the crossing noise. Right? That grace note's just very big. If I play the grace note very small, right? If I play the grace note nice and small, suddenly my grip is starting to sound clean again, mm-hmm. right? But that's just basic grace note technique, right? That's not embellishment technique. That's just basic. Uh, and by the way, it gets even worse in, if you're playing a terlowith, right? I've heard a lot of terlowiths like that over the years. And really, the only thing, the only knob we would need to turn there to make that excellent is to get those uh, two grace notes inside the terlowith very, very small. Mm. Right? And then also, by the way, the smaller you can make the grace notes, uh, the more compressed you can make your embellishment, if you'd like to, uh, to make it really kind of interesting. But the grace note size is another big one. And then there's another thing with grace notes, uh, grace note synchronization, which basically means the grace note and the note change happen at the exact same time, because if they don't, then you have a problem. Uh, but in the case of the grip, we don't have to worry about that so much, because the grace note is just separating two low Gs. Mm-hmm. So there's not actually a note change there. But anyway, um, so what I was saying before, understanding where embellishments come from. Well, they come from melody notes and grace notes. So, so to, or, you know, to organize the embellishment, to understand exactly how it's supposed to be made, and then to make it properly, generally, like generally that's going to solve 80% of your serious embellishment woes. There's lots of other details in there. Another important one would be, where should this embellishment go relative to the beat or to the groove of the tune that I'm playing? That would be another one, but uh, they've written whole books on that. It, that one's easy to figure out. You know, like you just get grab rhythmic finger work and start working through it, and um, you know that'll give you lots of clues about how to orient your uh, in, embellishments. And by the way, I think that Jim, you know, talks about a lot of the stuff I've already talked about as far as how the embellishments are actually made. Uh, those are huge things. But though, that's what you need to look at when you're talking about embellishments. Are you ready to get to the good part? Yeah, well, yeah, heck yeah. Here's the good part. It's actually you're not gonna you're not gonna like it, Jim. <laughs> you're not gonna like it. But um, the good part of this is, um, if you're playing your tunes, and a lot of other things are going wrong in addition to your embellishments, what do you need to do? Like, am I playing my tunes in front of a judge or just, like, by myself? Yes. Okay, if I'm playing by myself, then I'd say I need to stop and, like, go back to just, like, playing scales or playing through just the melody line by itself or something, clean that up first, and then address my embellishments. If I'm in front of a judge, I'd say i got to power through and just go home with a head hung low from shame. (laughs) Well, yeah. Exactly. But even if you're playing in front of a judge, there's often a solid argument to be made for simplification, Mm -hmm. right? Like as a judge, I would rather hear a few embellishments played really, really well uh, than all of the embellishments, many of which are played poorly, right? So sometimes settings can be somewhat simplified. Sometimes you can select a tune that doesn't have a ton of embellishments in it. Uh, But really you want to be really careful not to build a house on sand. And I feel like a lot of pipers are doing that all the time. 
and I think a lot more practice time needs to be spent with the embellishments taken out temporarily. We'll put them back in. I'm not saying forever, but we need to take the embellishments out at least temporarily so we can get the, uh, so we can get the simple stuff done well first. I spent so For many example, years thinking that that wasn't allowed. I know. Like, I spent such a long time thinking, like, well, it, the setting as I receive it is how I must play it. And also that somehow the judge would know and that that would be a problem, right? If I didn't do yeah. it exactly in the way, like, that Scott's Guard lists it, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, so many things from other areas of life sort of prove to us that what I'm saying must be true. Mm-hmm. But as Pipers, like, we we have to ignore it, right? As outliers, as outliers, we, uh, you know, and by outliers, I mean, like, for me, I was like the young hotshot bagpiper kid, right? Well, I didn't have to take the embellishments out because I was like this wild and crazy outlier that could just sort of magically spend all of his days totally obsessed with piping and kind of figure it out on his own. But that doesn't mean that's appropriate for most people. And then uh, for most people, what's appropriate? It's like, well, we have to actually work on the fundamentals first before the embellishments can be expected to come out well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of things from life we can look to to know that this is true. For example, uh, you can't write a novel before you can write a paragraph. It's not going to work. It's not going to work out for you, right? Like how many novels have you written? Well, I don't know. I'm still working on paragraphs, right? Uh, and there's a lot to be said for writing some good paragraphs, maybe even some short stories and like keeping things simple. Let, let's let's just through. get real philosophical about it and, and then carry this on to every novel is just made up of a series of good paragraphs, right? And so that's... Oh, man. That's deep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but then there's, there's other things too, like, you know, well, you know, you don't want to build a fancy house on a crappy foundation. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to the house? Yeah, I'll it's, come crashing you know, down. It's, yeah. If you're lucky, it'll come crashing down right away. And then, you know, uh, if you're unlucky, you're, you're going to just realize, you know, 10 years later that the house is no good, mm. right? That sounds like um, a metaphor for my piping. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, how, how much good is autopilot going to do for you uh, as a pilot if you've, like, you know, I don't know that much about piloting, but if you've never learned how to manually take off or land, mm-hmm. autopilot's not going to do you a whole lot of good. doesn't seem like. Maybe it will. Yeah, maybe you will, right? No, disclaimer, not a pilot. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, not a pilot. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, when it comes to diagnosing those embellishments, yeah, we, we need to break it down. I think my first tip is a good one. Record yourself and just analyze it uh, later. Mm-hmm. You can even use pretty simple slowing down technologies nowadays as well to take a recording of yourself and just play it back slowly. So you can hear like the different things going on and you might be able to say, oh, look, there's a grace note synchronization error in there. Aha. Mm. And then you can go to work on that. Uh, and then you can do the, uh, by the way, my camera is like not totally wanting to focus today. But there you go. Em- em- embellishment crash course. What do you think about that? Perfect. I think, it, I think that's, we'll, we'll have an episode out of that. It is, it, it, and it does, it fascinates me, Andrew, to think about like, what the and maybe this will come into a conversation later i'm just just you and me it just it it fascinates me to think about like to what degree written music is such a great tool to be able to transmit knowledge and and get us 
you know, I can get the tune in front of me and, and understand it, right? But then also to what degree does the representation of a grip, for example, deceive me? Because the three yeah. dots are exactly the same in terms of like, they look the same on the sheet, right? And so like, is there a context in which the this that I'm not familiar with because hundreds of years ago, it was decided to write down a grip in this way. So like, it doesn't even enter into my consciousness that some of these are melody notes, some of these are, are, are grace notes, right? It's just all the right. same. And so like the tool that opens up the opportunities can actually become a limiting factor. It's a, it's an interesting thing. Right, exactly. And it's all like, you know, and it's all trade-offs. Mm -hmm. Because you could write a grip into the music uh, as melody notes and grace notes, but then that makes the melody really difficult to identify. Yeah, yeah. Right? It makes the basic melody really difficult to identify when you see all this crazy stuff all over the place. So really, the way we write out embellishments is, are just abbreviations, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're just abbreviations for, you know, like a thing that's established that pipers will already know how to do. It's like, it's actually more of just a symbol it's a than symbol. representative totally. of yeah. anything it's more of a symbol than representative of anything specific because mm -hmm. to be specific would kind of would kind of ruin the point of writing something down to begin with hey everybody andrew douglas here from the piper's dojo and i just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast if you enjoyed what you heard here today it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us if you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.